Is this shaping up to be the most predictable year in recent memory in the Big 12? It just might be. I'm Pete Mundo. We're Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com, your independent Big 12 digital media outlet. Good to be with you here for another week. Uh, I was thinking about, as I always do, because I'm a weirdo like that, thinking about the uh, Big 12 and thinking about the upcoming football season because that takes up a lot of my free time. And I feel like for the last few years, there have been a lot of cases to make for a dark horse in the Big 12. You know, a team that yeah, a lot of people think might be a 7-5, and 8-4 and four team coming out of nowhere and competing for the conference title, right? And in recent memory, we've had a lot of that. And if you look back on the Big 12 championship game, I mean, since the Big 12 championship game came back, there has been uh, quite a bit of that. I mean, Iowa State last year we thought would be good. How many people actually predicted them to play for a Big 12 championship, right? Baylor two years ago. Now, Texas three years ago, okay, people are always picking Texas, but it actually happened. Maybe that was a surprise. And then 2017, you know, TCU was a obviously very good team in 2017. But when you think back to where they were in 2016, they went six and seven. We thought they'd be better. Gary Patterson's teams usually bounce back, uh, but they bounce back in a huge way. This year feels fairly predictable in a way that the Big 12 has not been in quite some time. Like, you think about it, okay, Oklahoma's going to be there, all right? I mean, it would take crazy, absolute insanity to unfold in the Big 12 conference for Oklahoma to not be in, I'm not saying win, but be in the Big 12 championship game. Even last year, they lose those games early on. Iowa State and Kansas State, they're in the Big 12 championship game. And if that was going to happen last year with a freshman quarterback in a COVID-riddled season uh, and they still got to the Big 12 championship game, how are you in any way confident that this year is going to be different? You can't be. I mean, it's going to be Oklahoma. They're going to be one of those two teams in the Big 12 championship game. And then the other obvious team you look at is Iowa State. Now, I know that there are some people that are going to look at Iowa State and say, they got a few breaks last year. The Texas game could have gone either way. If Texas wins, it's Texas playing for the Big 12 title. Okay, but this year, with all the pieces coming back on both sides of the ball, Brock Purdy, Brees Hall, offensive line is as good as it's been under Matt Campbell. Uh, defensively, line's got some replacement parts. Linebackers, probably the best group of linebackers in the Big 12, led by Mike Rose. Secondary has a question mark at cornerback. Safeties are very good. So you feel very good about things at Iowa State. You also feel good about uh, the fact that, you know, your schedule shapes up pretty nicely as well for the Iowa State Cyclones. You got a bye in mid-October. Um, That's where you want it to be. You got K-State on the road coming out of the bye. Home to Oklahoma State on the road at West Virginia can be tricky. You get Texas at home. OU's on the road. That's going to be tough no matter where it is. TCU is at home. So, like, Oklahoma State, TCU, two of those teams that maybe could surprise you, you get both of those games on your home field. So the schedule shapes up pretty good for Iowa State as well. So I feel like this is that year where you say to yourself, yeah, I could make a case. And I will as the offseason unfolds and we get closer to the season, I'm sure. I would, and I can make a case. For TCU, shock in the Big 12, finally having that bounce back year that we all expected for a very long time, and playing for a Big 12 championship. If, if 
Max Duggan and the offense finally gets it turned around uh, under Gary Patterson. Yeah, with that defense, TCU can be a dark horse. Oklahoma State can be a dark horse, although I picked Oklahoma State under seven and a half wins, so I'm not going to predict them to be that surprise team. But sure, they could be if things break right. And then obviously you look at Texas. Say, okay, with that talent, new head coach, hopefully they're not playing down the competition like they did under Tom Herman. They would play up and down the competition. Yeah, you can make a case for Texas. Is Texas a team that you can really call a dark horse (laughs) with the players on that roster? Uh, I mean, there's a lot of time to debate that. But that's kind of it. Now, I think that middle of the pack, like Kansas State could be 8-4, and Kansas State could be 4-8. and TCU could be... Uh, anywhere from five to to nine wins. Like, you can find a best-case, worst-case, and it can be pretty substantial in terms of those differences for a lot of these middle-of-the-pack teams in the Big 12. But when I look at the top of this conference, Oklahoma's an 11-12 win team. Iowa State, uh, to me, is still nine on the low end, 11 on the high end, win team. I mean, these are clearly the two overwhelming favorites to play for a Big 12 championship game, as they should be. And that's not something we've really had in the Big 12. We have not had that one-two punch in a given year. It's been Oklahoma and then who? Oklahoma and then debate. And that conference, and this conference, has not had that for quite some time. And that's a a different place uh, for this conference to find itself in when you think back to it. Now, you compare this to some of the other conferences that have been, at least to me, far more predictable from the standpoint of... Uh, look at the SEC, all right? It's Alabama, it's Georgia, and then LSU pops in there once in a while along with Florida. I mean, literally, Alabama, we know, dominates the SEC like Oklahoma dominates the Big 12. So I'm not saying that they don't have that one dominant team, but it also has been predictable from the standpoint of Georgia has played in three of the past four SEC championships. Um. You've got LSU that's got the one a couple of years ago. Florida played in it last year, and then they played in it back in 2016 and 2015 as well. Auburn had one appearance in 2017. But it's been, for the most part, a combination of Alabama, Georgia, and Florida. So it's been far, far, far more predictable than has been the uh, Big 12. Now, when you look at the Big 10, that also has been fairly predictable with Ohio State, Ohio State, and uh, Ohio State. Now, the other problem that these conferences have to Ohio State-Wisconsin or Ohio State-Northwestern for what feels like the past five seasons. Here are the past five seasons of Big Ten championship games. Ohio State-Northwestern, Ohio State-Wisconsin, Ohio State-Northwestern, Ohio State-Wisconsin. That's the last four. Five years ago was Penn State-Wisconsin. So you get the trend, right? The problem that those conferences have is they have divisions. One of the great things the Big 12 does not have is divisions. That has made the Big 12 more exciting. It has created a number one versus a number two, which every conference should be doing, in my estimation, going forward. The Big 12 should be bragging about it uh, forever, that they are the conference that does a true one versus two, that does not do this antiquated East versus West nonsense, that these other conferences still participate in that helps their blue bloods, in the SEC West and the Big Ten East. So they don't do that, and they should be credited for not doing that. All right? The Big 12 should be. And I've been saying this for years. They should be bragging about that all day, every day. 
and they're getting better at it, but they should be doing even more of it. But it feels like the Big 12 is kind of in that mold now, even with a one-versus-two model, that it's Oklahoma and that it's Iowa State. And if the result for the Big 12 championship game is anything other than that, it will be a pretty big surprise, right? Like, find me that other team where you say to yourself, ah, you know, that like Texas Tech, I, I hope that Matt Wells improves here this year. He needs to for his job. But is that really going to happen? West Virginia, I love what Neil Brown's doing, by the way, on the recruiting trail. Have you seen that? Uh, un- outstanding. Two four-star guys in two days earlier this week. But is West Virginia going to win 10 games and crash a Big 12 championship party? No, they're not. K-State's not going to do it. Baylor's not going to do it. Baylor can be a surprise team, I believe, but they're not going to get to Big 12 championship contention. So it's Oklahoma and it's Iowa State, and you're seeing that, by the way, play out in a lot of these preseason predictions from around the country as well. And I don't know if you saw this prediction, but how about this prediction? And you love to see it. Heather Dinich, ESPN. I don't know. She's going to lose her job after making this prediction. They're going to fire her at ESPN. You can't have someone at ESPN predicting two Big 12 teams making the college football playoff. She was talking about it, and she made the comment on ESPN that she believes, yes, the Big 12, not the SEC, is the most likely conference to get two teams in the college football playoff this year with Oklahoma and Iowa State. And that's like sacrilegious stuff, by the way, at ESPN. Where you got to wave that SEC banner. I think before you walk into work, if you work in the college football department at uh, at ESPN, you got to walk in every morning and they probably give you a little, like the Pledge of Allegiance type of thing, but you pledge allegiance to the uh, to the SEC. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of the SEC and to the SEC for which it stands one nation under Nick Saban indivisible with liberty and justice for the SEC that's what they say you got to say that every time you walk into the building all right so that's what they do there and uh, (laughs) by the way Paul Feinbaum was disgusted by this. The article's on our website, heartlandcollegesports.com. Just search search Heather Dinich. You can read it there. But Paul Feinbaum was disgusted by this. Of course, he admitted he's an SEC fanboy. But uh, this is great. When you've got the national talking heads saying, yes, the Big 12, not the SEC, is more likely to get two teams into the college football playoff in Oklahoma and Iowa State, that tells you that there's a huge drop-off for the Big 12 in one and two versus the rest of the conference. And that's what's been lacking here. The Big 12 needs that that uh, that second team. They've got Oklahoma, but it's been a rotating bunch of cast members. Do I think Iowa State can stay year in, year out a top 10 team? No, no, I, I don't. There will be a drop-off next year. If they can stay a top 25 team, that's awesome. But Iowa State's not going to stay a top 10 team year in, year out. That would stun me. It's got to be Texas as the obvious selection, but until they get things figured out, Uh, You want to have that second anchor team. And at least for a season, having it be an Iowa State that will be top 10 nationally as the season gets underway is a great place to be. And it's good to see that hype is building up as well because the Big 12 uh, needs that. And the fact that it's getting it from ESPN of all places is absolutely outstanding. So I've got credit where it's due. I mean, this website started. I built this Heartland College Sports Media Outlet because I was just disgusted by the lack of coverage of this conference and the fact that the national talking heads and the you know uh, national media outlets 
did nothing but kiss the butt of the SEC all day, every day. That's how this started, I mean, geez, six, seven years ago now. Me and a laptop, that was it. And now we're reaching hundreds of thousands of people every single month. But I will give ESPN a little bit of credit, and I will give it to Heather Dinich for saying, yes, the Big 12 can make a run with two teams in the playoff. Now, how does that happen, by the way? So, first off, what has to happen is Iowa State and Oklahoma have to be undefeated when they meet on November 20th in Norman. And then one of them has to win a close game then, and then the other one has to win a close game in the Big 12 championship game, and then they need some help around the conference, around the country as well. So it's going to take a lot. I'm not sitting here and telling you it's easy. But that's how you get two Big 12 teams into this playoff because the the, the uh, playoff committee is not going to want to do it, right? We know that. They're not, they're not going to want to put two teams in the – two Big 12 teams in the playoff. Playoffs? They don't want to do that. So it's going to have to be like Iowa State beats OU on the road. Or you know what's probably more likely? All right. Oklahoma – wins a nail-biter at home on November 20th. And then Iowa State's got to win the Big 12 championship on a field goal two weeks later at Jerry World. The reason I say that is because they don't want Iowa State in this thing anyway. All right? They're not a national brand. We know how this works. Ask Baylor. Ask TCU. So Iowa State's got to have that technical conference title to justify getting in. That's what's got to happen. So Iowa State loses a close game on the road in Norman. That's a really good loss, obviously. It'd probably be to the number one or number two team in the country. Close road loss by a field goal. Come back, win the Big 12 championship. They're the conference champs. They would have to have the edge over OU in that scenario. And then OU's got to get in as like the third or fourth seed as, you know, a one-loss team losing on a field goal in the Big 12 championship game against a team that they had already beaten. That's how it's got to work. And some help from the SEC. Pete Mundo and Heartland College Sports Weekly. HeartlandCollegeSports.com is the site. A rough go off the field for the Sooners. We'll tell you what happened coming up next. And before we continue, guys, please take a moment out. Leave us a rating and a review on this show. It helps us uh, tremendously. I know I always mention it, but it really does make a big difference. And we're sending you a free Heartland College Sports koozie when you do leave that rating and review. Just a way to say thank you. So, Leave a rating and a review, and then send me a screenshot of your rating and review to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com, and I will get you a free koozie. Yes, a free Heartland College Sports koozie in the mail. Just send me that screenshot, and that's how we end up beating the athletics, the CBSs of the world, uh, the ESPNs of the world in the Big 12 podcasting rankings. It's because of you guys taking 30 seconds out, leaving that rating and review helps us tremendously. Thanks so much, guys. Really appreciate it. Well, the Oklahoma Sooners dealing with another off-the-field issue. I'm Pete Mundo. Heartland College Sports Weekly is the show. We're, of course, at heartlandcollegesports.com. So this came down on Tuesday night that the Cleveland County Sheriff's Department in Oklahoma issued a warrant for running back Mikey Henderson in conjunction with a robbery that led to the arrest of two other Sooners players. So several outlets uh, started reporting this on Tuesday night that the arrest warrant was for conjoint robbery, conspiracy, and assault with a dangerous weapon. And uh, this was tied to back in April when wide receiver Trajan Bridges and running back Seth McGowan were identified as suspects in an armed robbery down there in Norman, Oklahoma. 
So after the arrest, McGowan submitted his name to the transfer portal, and then uh, Lincoln Riley dismissed both in the program back on May 6th. Well, then on Tuesday night, Lincoln Riley announced through a team spokesperson that Henderson had been dismissed from the team as well, saying in a statement, University of Oklahoma head football coach Lincoln Riley announced Tuesday night that the sophomore running back Mikey Henderson has been dismissed from the OU football program. That was it. He played in eight games in 2020, 168 receiving yards, a touchdown on 12 catches, also rushed nine times for 81 yards and a score. Uh, And this ties back to that incident back in the spring. And on May 7th, Bridges and McGowan were charged with felony counts of robbery, conspiracy, and assault and battery with a dangerous weapon. It was reported back at the time that police found a 45 caliber Glock handgun and a bag of green substance appearing to be marijuana during their search. Uh, so Henderson's done, Bridges is done, McGowan is done. Lincoln Riley handled this thing right. All right there's no business having anybody on the team that's going to be allegedly involved with this stuff. You can defend yourself in a court of law, obviously, but being on the Oklahoma football team is a privilege, not a right, okay? And Mikey Henderson was a guy who had a lot of potential, all right? A lot of potential for Mikey Henderson. But uh, I'm sorry, he was not somebody who you could justify keeping around. He was a top 300 player in the class of 2020. He was the number 12 athlete in the country per 247 sports, a top 50 player in the state of Texas coming out of Carrollton. But uh, there was no excuse for this. You could not have a guy on the roster uh, who had been accused of this. All right? You couldn't. So Lincoln Riley did the best thing, did it quickly, by the way. This thing did not drag on. The other two kind of dragged on a bit, uh, at least longer than they should have, in my opinion. But uh, he's done. He is done. It's over with. Sayonara. See you later, pal. Uh, Meantime, I like looking at the mailbag. Derek Duke does a great mailbag every week where you guys ask him questions, and he writes about it on the website. And there were a couple of things there I wanted to uh, touch on. First off, this was a good question. Over under two and a half starting quarterbacks for the Kansas Jayhawks this season. Now, I would go under there, but let me explain. Starting quarterbacks. Not quarterbacks to play meaningful snaps. Starting quarterbacks. Jalen Daniels returns as the starter from last year. Here's a true freshman. Miles Kendrick is still there and still available. But I'm focused on... North Texas transfer Jason Bean. I think he'll ultimately end up as the starter for Lance Leipold. But Daniels may start the first couple of games. But Miles Kendrick is going to get meaningful snaps. He just won't be ever named a starter. So three guys will get meaningful snaps for the KU Jayhawks. In Jalen Daniels, uh, Miles Kendrick, and Jason Bean. But I do believe that Bean will eventually end up as the starting quarterback for uh, Lance Leipold, who, by the way, did land a Michigan transfer. Three-star guy uh, in linebacker Cornell Wheeler transferring to Texas. So between that and the solid list of transfers that has been put together by Lance Leipold from his Buffalo days, there's some more talent in there that you might expect. I- I'm not saying they're going to win three games. I'm not doing that. All right? That'd be, uh, that'd be suicide. But I am going to sit here and say that things are looking up relatively speaking, for the Kansas Jayhawks, all right? Relatively speaking, things are looking up. And, uh, you know, Les Miles is quickly becoming a distant memory, all right? Quickly becoming a distant memory. 
Also, uh, this was interesting. How do you fix bowl season with the expansion of the college football playoff? I don't think it changes anything. I, I, I don't. And by the way, the bowl games do better than people give it credit for. The ratings for the bowl games, you think about that time of year, people are home, they're looking for sports. The bowl games, I know we always talk about, oh, these bowl games, more people, I mean, listen, I like watching the bowl games, they're fun. More people watch the bowl games than most people realize, okay? And while I I don't think that we're going to end up in some scenario where every bowl game is going to, you know, matter like it used to or... Every bowl game is going to have everybody playing in it. No, those days are over. Guys are going to be opting out. I don't think you're getting that cat back into the bag. But they're still fun. I mean, they've always been exhibitions, right? So just enjoy them as entertainment for three to four hours. Sure, I want to see the top guys playing in the bowl games too. But I can't blame a guy for opting out. All right, I can't blame a a guy who's going to be a first or second round NFL draft kit pick for not playing in the Russell Athletic Bowl or the uh, Texas Bowl. I I just can't do it. But that doesn't mean that me as a fan, it doesn't mean that I can't be entertained by that. I absolutely can be entertained by that. And I will continue to be entertained by that, by the way. I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, my goodness. I I just, oh, how how do I enjoy this game without one guy not playing? Just enjoy it because it's college football, all right? Enjoy it because it's the last stretch of college football. It's going to be over in a couple of weeks. So kick up your feet. Don't overthink it. And enjoy it. All right? Enjoy it. Coming up next, Big 12 Media Days is next week. We'll dive into that and much more with you as we wrap up the show. So as we wrap up the show, a couple of thoughts here. First off, Big 12 Media Days is next week. So you are not going to want to miss the show. It's a Wednesday and Thursday of next week. And it is going to be so much fun to be down at AT AT&T Stadium in Dallas. Going to have the whole crew down there. Myself, Matthew Postens. Uh, Derek Duke, we will all be covering this event. And I hope you guys will be joining us. We'll be doing some fun things on probably Instagram Live, uh, Facebook Live as well. Uh, Just uh, after each day, in the moments, covering these guys, coaches, players. It's going to be a fantastic time, and I promise you. And I know I'm biased when I say this, but no one is going to cover next week top to bottom better than us. I am so confident of that. We are going to have an outstanding group of guys. I mean, you know, you know the staff we've got. No one's going to do a better job than we're going to do. Pumping out content. Uh, now, listen, we've got some great partners. Sikkim 365, Cyclone Fanatic. Not partners, but, you know, people we're friends with in the Big 12 media landscape. Uh, they do amazing jobs for their individual teams, better jobs than we could do. But in terms of this conference, like ESPN might have a reporter or two there. But they don't cover the Big 12 like we do, all right? I mean, we've got this thing covered top to bottom, day in, day out, in a way nobody else does covering this conference. So we've got this, uh, and we will have this thing locked down and buttoned up better than anybody else. So confident of that. And uh, look forward to having you next week. And also be sure to check out our message boards. We'll have a lot of good conversations on there with you as well. They're free to sign up. Just hop on heartlandcollegesports.com and uh, – Scroll over top right side, members forum is how you sign up for that free message board. But we did get the players who are going to be at Big 12 Media Days. And I was I was disappointed by this because typically, you know, each team will send five or six guys or, you know, three to five is kind of the sweet spot. But this year they're just doing one guy from the offense, one guy from the defense. 
for players at Big 12 Media Days. And Baylor is sending uh, Connor Galvin offensive line, linebacker Terrell Bernard. Iowa State sending Brees Hall and Greg Eisworth. Kansas is sending uh, Kwame Lasseter and Kenny Logan. K-State, Skylar Thompson and Jerron McPherson. Oklahoma, Jeremiah Hall and Nick Benito. Oklahoma State, Spencer Sanders and Malcolm Rodriguez. TCU, Max Duggan and Ochoa Mathis. Texas, Bijan Robinson, Keandre Coburn. Texas Tech, Dawson Deaton and Rico Jeffers. And West Virginia, Letty Brown and Dante Stills. I mean, these are all great guys. going to be fun to talk to. But to only have uh, two guys from each team is going to make our job more difficult. Because, like, my favorite thing is... You would talk to a guy. Here's how it would work in media days, by the way. You'd have five guys, let's say, from K-State, right? And, yes, everybody would want to talk to Skylar Thompson. And then the other four guys would have, you know, a couple of reporters. But then there would be times when some of these guys would have nobody around them. And you could really get to know a guy and find out a little nugget and a little story that nobody else had. And that was always really fun and really special to be able to uh, get that story, really dig in. But now each guy's going to have 10 reporters around him, so what's that going to be worth? I don't know. I mean, that's that's what – I don't want to say it's frustrating um, because I'm not intending it for it to be frustrating, and I know that they're not looking to uh, make it frustrating. But from my perspective, I sit here and I'm like, oh, man, I really wish that we could uh, get more guys there. I don't know if this is related to COVID. I can't imagine that it is. I mean, that's – I can't imagine that was part of the decision-making. I just wonder if maybe the coaches were like, hey, I want to bring two guys, one offense, one defense, and that's it. And if so, that's uh, that's too bad. That's too bad. I'm not blaming anybody for it. It is what it is, but that is uh, that is too bad because I always liked having a lot of guys there to talk to different players at different times and get their thoughts and opinions. And now, you know, some of these reporters are annoying anyway. So uh, you got to be able to space yourself away from them. But, you know, such is life. Such is life. By the way, on Monday, we're going to release our all-Big 12 team, the Heartland College Sports Edition. I know the media, uh, all-Big 12 team came out earlier this week, the offense and defense. The offensive player of the year was Spencer Rattler, Oklahoma quarterback. Mike Rose, the Iowa State linebacker, is the defensive player of the year. The newcomer of the year, Eric Gray, running back from Oklahoma. So, I mean, those are easy picks, right? Spencer Rattler... Oklahoma quarterback, fine, totally get it. Mike Rose won it last year, so why shouldn't he be the favorite this year? And then newcomer Eric Gray, Tennessee transfer, running back, away we go. Uh, That makes sense, too. But let's just put it this way. I'm looking at the first team, offense and defense, selected by the media. There are some obvious pieces missing, okay? Cough, cough, Trey Sterling, Oklahoma State, where are you at? All Big 12 defense, all right? What is that all about? That was a surprising miss for me. Big-time surprising miss. So I didn't see that coming. I I thought for sure he'd be on there, a couple of other pieces as well. But I'm going to leave you with that tease because it's important to me to make sure that you are checking into the website on Monday to know who we are selecting as our all Big 12 preseason team, both offense and defense at Heartland College Sports Weekly part of heartlandcollegesports.com. You know, because here's the difference, right, between us and this media poll. This media poll, so you know how this is done. All the media that go to the Big 12 Media Days get to vote on this poll, and then they basically average them out. 
But, like, Texas and Oklahoma send more guys, more people to cover Big 12 media days than does Iowa State or Kansas just because of size of media markets and also, you know, how many outlets cover these teams. Oklahoma and Texas have many more outlets than do Iowa State. So it's not always, to me, the best indication. I think we do the best because we're non-biased about the Big 12. We love the Big 12, but we're non-biased when covering the Big 12. That's it for us. You guys have a great week. Join our message boards. Leave me a rating and a review on this show. Uh, This one we got last week. Pete, uh, Baylor fan in Alabama. Great hearing Big 12 news and insight, even when I don't live in Big 12 country. Thank you very much for that. We're sending free Heartland College Sports koozies out to you, by the way. When you take a moment out, leave me a rating and a review and send me a screenshot of that rating and review to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. We got this review as well. Solid Big 12 info every week from Pete. Also love hearing some Iowa State talk, hoping for an exciting season. So thank you for that, Uh, Jason. Jason on iTunes. So, yeah, we're sending you guys koozies. Take 30 seconds out. It's my way of saying thank you. And it's how we beat ESPN and CBS and all the big guys on the Big 12 podcasting scene. You guys are the best. Thank you for everything. Big 12 Media Days is next week. We'll be jacked up for that. A lot of content coming your way. Have a great weekend. We'll talk to you soon.